Well, hello and um, good day to you. Let's look at our second part then of this two-part series that I'm doing on identity. Identity. Remember last week we looked at how we can be identified by what we do or what we've achieved, uh, who, who we are as, as mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, and, and all of those things that hang on us. But that's not really our identity. Uh, this week I want to look at uh, a little bit further into our identity. Remember I said that we are not living in fear. There are a lot of things that we can actually live our lives in. One of those was fear. We, we talked about last week and, the, and we said that we're not living uh, a lifestyle of fear. I want to read um, some verses to you now from Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 17. Most of my readings today are from the Living Bible. This is what it says, Romans 8, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And we should not be like cringing, fearful slaves, but we should behave like God's very own children, adopted into his bosom of his family, and call into him, Father, Father. For his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we really are God's children. And since we are his children, we will share his treasure for all God gives to his Son. Jesus is now ours too. You know, looking back at last week, how can we be fearful and live a life of fear when we are God's children? So the other things that can shape your identity uh, misleadingly is what do you see in your life? Do you see uh, a history of rejection? Um, I've always been rejected. I've always failed at things. I've, I've been rejected so many times. You know, we, we've got to learn to live with rejection. You know, it's, it's part and parcel of, of, of life. Some people, all of us at some point, will be rejected for one thing or another. Uh, but we can't live a life of rejection. That's not your identity. You know, King David, um, when he was a boy growing up, he lived uh, a life where he was rejected quite a bit. Rejected by his brothers. When Samuel went along to choose the next king, they, they brought out the sons of Jesse before him uh, because God said one of them is going to be king. They forgot all about David. He was just out in the fields. He um, didn't bother with him. When he was sent to his brothers who were fighting, remember they were fighting the, the Philistines and Goliath was, was um, standing before them and challenging them. David went out to take some, some packed lunches to them. They absolutely rejected him then when he was on the battlefield. What are you doing here? Get back to the sheep, you know. Um, he was pushed around as he, as he was growing up as a young man. Probably could have thought, no one wants me. I'm a reject. But he became the greatest king of Israel. The Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. Remember last week I said, God looks on the inside, not on the outside. So when man was rejecting him, God didn't. Ephesians 1 and verse 5 says, His, that's God's unchanging plan, has always been to adopt us into his family. 
by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to, because he chose you. You have been chosen. You have been adopted into his family. You are part of God's plan. You are part of God's purpose. You are not a reject. Let me say that again. You are not a reject. No matter if you've been rejected for jobs, for other things in your lifetime, in your family, by other people, you are not a reject. So, what other things might shape you? What other things might you feel are part of your identity? The other thing that it could be is regret. You know, a lot of people live their life in regret. But we must not live in regret because when you're living in regret, you're actually living in disappointment. And people are living disappointed lives because they are living in regret. Regretting something that's happened in your past. Regretting something that perhaps someone has done to you or you've done to someone else or some things that have just occurred in your life and you're regretting them. And regret plays on your mind. Regret actually tortures you. It, it keeps you living that life of disappointment. Whereas the Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, take every thought captive. You should be the one who is taking thoughts and regrets captive. Don't let regret and your past take you captive. You be the one who is captivating them and controlling them, those thoughts. Because regret will just keep you looking backwards, just looking over your shoulder, living that life of disappointment. That's not your identity. Paul said this in Philippians 3. He said, One thing I do is forgetting what is behind. I strain towards what is ahead. Yes, we can learn from the past. We have to learn from the past, but we don't live in the past. We don't allow it to shape everything about us, our identity. You see, because the, the enemy of your soul, he, he doesn't want you to move forward. He wants to chain you to your disappointments. He wants to attach you to your regrets, your failures. He wants you to live that type of life. If you can fix something in your past, then do it. If there's some forgiving you have to do, then do it. If there's some apologizing and repenting you have to do, then do it. If you need to contact some people, then do it. You can make your peace with God. If there's no one or anything you can do about anything, then make your peace with God. Make your peace with yourself. But stop regretting. Stop looking back. You see, regret forgets the power of repentance. Regret forgets the power of repentance. Listen to what Paul said here. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. When we repent from our very heart and it comes from inside us, 
and it's true and it's honest, then that repentance will bring forgiveness and that leaves no regret. Don't live in regret. The enemy doesn't want you to seek forgiveness or repentance. He wants to keep you in that life of regret. How do you, how do you talk to yourself? This is an important thing. I used this illustration once um, about me playing golf. I like to play a bit of golf. I haven't played golf for a long time. And sometimes when I make a bad shot, I'll say to myself, dear me, look at that shot. That's pathetic. How pathetic. You call yourself a golfer? You can't even hit that ball. Look, it's gone straight in the water. Look, it's gone straight in the trees. You're rubbish. And I would say that to myself. I don't know if you like that sometimes about yourself. But imagine someone else saying that to you. You'd say, who, who on earth do you think you're talking to? You know, we don't take that from other people. So why do we say it about ourselves? Don't put yourself down. Don't live a life of regret. Don't live a life of rejection. You see, the enemy of our souls will use that against you. He will use you against you. God is not angry with you. This is a, something I want to say again to you right now. God is not angry with you. He loves you. <coughs> Excuse me. You see, we need to rule who we are from the inside and not have these things come from outside. You are not your yesterdays. You are not your tomorrows. You are who you are in Christ today. So who are you today in Christ? You're not a collection of things that have happened to you. You're not even a collection of things that are about to happen to you. You are who you are in Christ today, today. Paul said this as well to the church at Colossae. Colossians 2 and verse 9 and 10. For in him, that's in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in him. In him you are complete. Everything, all that you ever need to be is in him. I am who I am because Christ is who he is. I am who I am. You are who you are because Christ is who he is. So, that's who we might see we are. There's lots more. But we need to recognize who we are, adopted into the family of God through Christ. I just want to finish by looking at what does God see? What does God see? This is the most important. I'm going to read a couple of verses. Listen to these verses. 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 3. The person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. Mm. Then Jesus said this in Matthew 7 and verse 22. He will say to some people on that day when we stand before him, he will say to some people, I never knew you. The person who God loves is the one who he recognizes. And on that day when we stand before God Almighty, he will say to some, I never knew you.
Not having an identity with God is the most fearful thing. If you don't belong to him, if you haven't confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have no identity with God. That is a fearful thing. It's the worst place you could be. I want to be known by God. I want an identity with him. I want to be called a child of God. Do you have that identity? Can you say, yes, God knows me. I know Jesus. Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit lives in me. Therefore, I have an identity with God. John 1 and verse 12. All who believe in him, that's in Christ, and accepted him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. When you come to Christ, you have a right to be a child of God. We've talked about it. Adopted. You're adopted into his family. In these days when they talked about adoption, whatever went before in your life, if there was debts, if there was any court cases, if there's any misdemeanors, whatever happened, what your, what your name was, you would have a new name, you'd have a new beginning, all the debts, everything would be paid, you would have a new start with a new father, a new mother. You'll be adopted into a new family with a new name. This is what this verse of Scripture is talking about. When we come to God through Jesus Christ, we are adopted. All the past, the regret, the rejection, the failures, the things that we don't want to talk about, the fear, whatever it is, is gone. The debt of sin is paid. And now we're adopted into his family. We carry his name. We are the seal of the Holy Spirit on our lives, in our lives. We are identified with God, known to Almighty God. Is that what you want? Because that's what I have. I know I have. I know I, I'm known to God. Listen to these verses. There's a, there's a book in the Bible called the Songs of Solomon or the Song of Songs. It's, it's songs, love songs, if you like, between a lover and the beloved. And it's likened to Christ and the church. We are the church, and it's as if Christ is speaking to us through these love songs. Listen to this one. Songs of Solomon, chapter 1 and verse 15. The lover, which is Christ, is saying to the beloved, which is the church, us. He's saying, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. He thinks you are beautiful. He thinks I am beautiful. If you're part of that family, adopted, God looks on you and he thinks, oh, how beautiful you are. He longs to just catch your eye. Listen to the, the, this verse here in Songs of Solomon, chapter 4 and verse 9. He says, you have stolen my heart, my bride. You have stolen my heart with one glance of your eye. You know, sometimes we think that we have to try to attract God's attention. We, we think we have to wave and shout and, and, and cry out to God to get his attention. Do you know what? Read in this verse. He is looking out for our attention. All he wants is one glimpse for us to just look to him. Just to look. You know when two people love each other and they just look across the room. You know, you might have experienced that. And it's just the glimpse of the eye. That, that says it all, you know. 
I love you. God is looking for that in us. He just wants us to look to him, to glance to him. And what does it do? It steals his heart. It melts his heart because he loves you and he thinks you're so beautiful. He just wants to catch a glimpse of your eye because you are worth it. You are worth it. We are not worthy. Jesus Christ is worthy. But he has made us worthy through his sacrifice. So who are you? What does God say you are? You are not an accident. God didn't screw up when he made you. You are made for a purpose. You are here for a purpose. There's a plan to your life. Listen to these things. I've got all the scripture references to these, these next statements if you want. I'm not going to give you them all. But these are straight from the Bible. You are created in God's image. You are a wonderful masterpiece. You are complete in him. We just read that one. You are a child of God. We've read that one. You are a royal priest. You're an heir with Christ. You've been purchased at a price. You've been purchased by Christ. You are forgiven. There's many, many more. That's what God thinks of you. When he sees you, the Bible says that there is a fragrance of Christ on you. That's how much he loves you. The next few verses I'm going to read, and I'm going to end with these. But these have been on my heart all week. We looked at them in, in a prayer meeting on Tuesday. But I just want to read them now. This is, uh, again, from the Living Bible. But listen to this. Listen to the words here that Paul is writing to uh, the Corinthian church. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 9. But this precious treasure... This is what I'm talking about. This precious treasure of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit living in us. This precious treasure, this light and power that now shines within us is held in a perishable container. That's us. Our weak bodies. Everything, everyone, sorry, can see that the glorious power within must come from God and is not our own. We are pressed on every side by troubles, eh? but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do, but we don't give up. We don't quit. We are hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we get up again, and we keep going. So no matter, no matter what is happening around you right now, hey, yeah, no matter what's happened in your past, you have a power within you. You have this treasure in earthen vessels. These are our bodies, made from clay, made from dust. We have this power, this treasure within us. So no, ma no matter if we've been pressed by troubles, present or past, they will not define us. You have an identity with God. You are precious in his sight. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're adopted into his family. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for those words. The words that we've read from your living word that's alive right now. That tell us who we are in you. We're adopted. We're a child of the living God. Lord, help us to walk in that. Help us to live in that. And Lord, as we 
go through this week right now. Lord, give us this sense of power. Give us this sense of strength in you. And let your joy be our strength. And let us be filled with peace and light and love. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you don't have that identity with God, you can have that identity. Just ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sin. Ask him, say, I want to be adopted into your family. You can do that right now. And if you do, you want to get in touch with me, drop me a, um, an email to community at bethelnewport.co.uk or you can private message me if you go on our Facebook, leave a comment in, in this stream if you want. That's up to you. But get your identity right. Don't forget, after this service ends, just give us five minutes to set up the Zoom. The Zoom details are on our private group. If you want to come and join us for a chat and a coffee or even to pray, then we will be here um, about five or ten minutes after this service ends. So have a great week and God bless you.